The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Every time a missile misses its target, a train derails, or a faulty airbag fails to save a life, we wonder whether these failures, which can sometimes reach catastrophic proportions, are caused by a counterfeit part that may have infiltrated the supply chain. Welcome to People to People, working together for your safety with host Stan Salat, Jr. Stan has the answers to your questions on protecting yourself and the safety of your loved ones, including your pets. Don't miss out. Now, here is Stan Salat. Hello and welcome to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat, Jr., our show today, Creating Standards for Your Safety, or Our Safety is what it actually says. We'll explore how the United States is involved in the development of international standards and what that means to us as consumers and professionals in a vast array of industries. Standards are used to address two primary requirements, the functionality and the safety of a product. I am pleased to have with me today the co-conveners of the United States Technical Advisory Group for Environmental Committee TC111, Ms. Linda Young and Mr. Robert Friedman. We will be talking today about the complexities of the international standards development process and the types of issues being worked on. Issues such as carbon footprint reporting, environmental aspects of electronic products, and end-of-life recycling, just to name a few. We will also address how you can get involved in these activities. Sean Stettelman, Goldberg Zagala, Special Counsel, will help us understand how the work that is being done by folks like Linda and Rob help protect companies from litigation on a national and international level. I'd like to thank our sponsors that make this show possible, Business and Quality Process Management, LLC. BQPM provides business process and quality management consulting, training, and software tools. Please take a minute view, uh, to view and check out their website at www.bqpm.com. We also are sponsored by Secure Components, LLC an independent distributor specializing in obsolete and hard-to-find components. Secure Components is the first company in the world to achieve international certification for their counterfeit detection and mitigation process controls. Their IECQ CAP certification was achieved in accordance with the SAE AS6081 standards. As well, oh, if you want, let me back up a minute. Uh, you can find Secure Components at www.securecomponents.com. I was so anxious to get to uh, my my third sponsor, or actually a special guest that we have every week, and that would be 
uh, Goldberg Zagala, and today we have Sean Stadelman with us. Goldberg Zagala is a national and international uh, law firm, and we're pleased to have them with us each and every week. There's a note of importance here. Keep in mind that anything that's said by, uh, by Sean um, let's see, any information you obtain from this radio, internet, broadcast, website, or a link from this website does not create an attorney-client relationship with Sean St- Stadelman or any other attorney, agent, or and or employee of Goldberg Sagala LLP. And with that said, let me start by introducing uh, my uh, the first two of our guests, Linda Young, Intel Product Ecology Manager, with over 25 years' experience in the environmental field. Linda's worked in the oil industry on both the East and the West Coast, supporting water, waste, and air programs. And uh, Linda, welcome to the show. Thank you, Stan. I'm excited to be here. And we certainly appreciate you taking time out of your busy day at Intel to, to be with us. Um, I'd also like to introduce Rob, Robert. I believe Robert either goes by Bob or Rob. Which one is it? I go by Rob. Rob, okay. Rob Friedman. Rob uh, has over 25 years' experience in the environmental health and safety field. Early in his career, Rob worked within the electronics industry as a manufacturing process engineer, then as an environmental health and safety engineer supporting wastewater, air, occupational health and safety, and radiological uh, protection programs. Rob is currently with uh, Siemens Corporation and serves as technical and management, or has served in technical and management positions for Siemens. And currently you're doing what, Rob? Uh, Currently I'm responsible for um, our global EHS management system at Siemens Healthcare. And uh, also coordinate our audit program, and am involved in standardization. And, and welcome you for having me. Welcome to the show, Rob. Um, and last but not least, Sean Stadelman, Special Counsel Goldberg Sagala. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Stan. It's my pleasure to be here with you and our other panelists. I look forward to it. And, Sean, uh, we didn't get a, a much of a chance to talk, but uh, give us just a little background. You're in risk litigation avoidance. Um, oh, no, actually, I'm reading, I'm sorry, I'm reading Frank's uh, bio here. Uh, help us understand your background, if you will, Sean. Absolutely, Sam. Well, you, you were starting off by mentioning one of the um, practice groups that my law firm has, which is risk avoidance and litigation avoidance strategies and what that practice group tries to do, and I am a part of it, like you mentioned, is we work with our clients and really partner with them to ensure that they are doing the things necessary to comply not only with laws and regulations but also with industry standards so that they can avoid having to use our services to a greater extent should they find themselves in any type of governmental investigation or private litigation down the road. I myself am heavily involved in that area, as well as in handling product liability litigation. In the product liability areas, I've worked with medical device companies and consumer products companies 
on both the national and international level. So it's certainly um, our privilege to participate with this panel today. Well, thank you very much, Sean. Without without further ado, I'd like to go ahead and get started uh, and kind of jump right in here with Linda and Rob and Sean. And the the title, if you will, or the description of the show today is um, things related to all things related to standards, standards development for our, for protecting ourselves or our safety. And with that in mind, um, Linda or Rob, either one of you or both of you, actually, how did you first learn and, and get involved with these international standards development programs? Linda, why don't you start? Sure, I can start, Stan. So I've been the product ecology manager here at my company for about eight years now. And I have been involved in the international standards activities for that whole time. And one thing that I found is when you look at the electronic industry and many industries, we have a global supply chain and a global customer base. And being involved in these international standards has been very helpful in trying to set up a consistent uh, compliance process across all the different geographies so that we can design our products in a way that will meet all of the global markets. And I assume that this is something supported by your company, in this case, Intel. Yes, very much so. A lot of my uh, peers in my group do international standards for a variety of topics. We're involved. I'm involved personally in the environmental standards, but we have folks that are involved in the safety, the wireless, EMC and other product regulatory standards activities. Okay, and Rob, uh, how did you wind up getting into to the work on the international level? Well, I actually started. Uh, my company is very involved in standards development, and a colleague of mine from Europe was involved as a convener for the medical device IEC six hundred one six hundred six hundred one. Dash one dash nine collateral standard for environmentally conscious design in the for medical devices, and um, so I got involved in providing comments in uh, to this colleague, and then from there uh, involved with the U.S. tag to TC one 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 back in two thousand five. Um, so uh, and my company very much supports the activities. That we do, we feel that it is imperative to have standardization so that organization, we're all on a level playing field, we all understand what the requirements are, and to help not only my organization, but the entire supply chain. Okay. And before we go any farther, Sean, I, I have to ask, uh, there's, there's a lot of different law degrees out there. What what got you involved in one that uh, would address these types of things? Sure. Well, I, I mean, as you after you graduate from law school and you pass the bar examination, um, what really happens is you start to specialize in a practice area. And what got me involved was primarily, you know, an, an interest in what is really a very intricate and detailed field. 
a lot of times as lawyers, we are detail-oriented people, and we, in this type of practice, deal with people from our clients' ends that are also that way. And, and it really helps us to partner with our clients as opposed to necessarily just representing them should an issue arise, because what we can do on the front end is help them to develop strategies and programs and policies and procedures that can avoid having to deal with the things that I mentioned before, anything from a government investigation to a private litigation. And all of that, I assume, is uh, founded or or based on international, national standards and specifications. Absolutely. And And it always depends on the different products that you're dealing with and the different marketplaces and obviously the different countries because every country and every state within that country would have different laws and regulations that might come into play. Okay. Uh, moving back to uh, Linda and Rob for just a minute, uh, there's there's an activity or a, a position, I guess you'd call it, in standards development groups, particularly in those that we're familiar with in the international level, and they're called the convener or if you will, a chairperson. Uh, and I understand that, that both of you co-chair the TC-111 group. Yes. And um, what, what, what brings you to, to step up to that level to uh, commit to that type of activity? And what, what is that activity? Well, um, <clears throat> the activity is really about helping the U.S. National Committee come up with positions and to influence uh, that within TC111 for the betterment of our industry. And so Linda and I, we can't be experts in everything. And that word expert, I always feel uncomfortable with anyway. Uh, But we have many uh, great resources and experts to pull from from various organizations. And so what our role is is to try to um, coordinate, organize that, to try to remove any barriers from people to participate and to pull together those positions. Um, I believe that in terms of asking me why, um, I suppose sometimes uh, the answer is um, I'm not sure why, but um, I think in my case, I was very involved in the TAG, but not in the leadership of the TAG um, until about, Linda, I think it was, what, 2010 or so? Yeah, the end of 2010, beginning of 2011. And our our previous TAG um, uh, technical administrator or or chair uh, was... Uh, could no longer fulfill that role, and we had just also just recently uh, the person who was the co-TA had left to go to a different position in her company. And so the question of the retiring TA was, Rob, would you like to do this? (laughs) (laughs) Volunteerism. (laughs) Right. And... um, uh, I was interested, but I knew that I um, had a lot of other commitments, and um, and so 
uh, I asked, we asked Linda if she was available and could do it. Um, I had worked with Linda since, Linda at least since about 2006, I think, and um, a wonderful colleague, and we uh, were able to share the responsibility because it's so much easier to be able to rely on on the other when there are times where you're just very busy right. um, and uh, to be able to share the load. So I'm very lucky to have someone of uh, Linda's expertise and, um, and her um, uh, ability to get things done. I'm very lucky to have her as a partner. Okay. And uh, needless to say, some people are just gluttons for punishment, so we'll, we'll add that to your resume as well. Linda, when we come back, we're going to take a uh, short break here. When we come back, I'd like to uh, hear from you, uh, and I think our audience would too, just what drives somebody to, to want to become a convener and, and lead these types of organizations? Sure, I'd be happy to. Okay, we'll be back in just a minute. Please stand, stay, uh, stay tuned, and uh, as soon as we've recognized the radio station and our sponsors, we'll be back to talk with Linda. Save on your prescriptions with the RX Savings Plus Drug Discount Card offered by Voice America. It is not insurance, and discounts are only available from participating pharmacies. But 9 out of 10 pharmacies participate nationwide. Start saving today. Print your free card online at voiceamerica.rxsavingsplus.com or text the word TALK RADIO to 96362. Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy? From new clothing, cars, toys, power cords, and charging units, to your garden hose and the drywall in your home. Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity, and diabetes, which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products, yet Stan Salat Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now. Tell Stan that you want his help. Contact BQPM today. Visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll-free 877-415-0191, bqpm.com. Together, we are working for your safety. Secure Components is your international certified supplier of obsolete and hard-to-find products. Specializing in counterfeit mitigation, Secure Components is a qualified supplier for the Department of Defense, Aerospace, Military, and Avionics Industries. If you're a business in need of hard-to-find or obsolete components, please contact us by visiting our website, securecomponents.com, or call us at 484-222-5195. Again, 484-222-5195. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? 
Just go to Facebook.com forward slash World Talk Radio or search for the keywords World Talk Radio. Once you're a part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the World Talk Radio network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash World Talk Radio or search for World Talk Radio. This is People to People, working for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to stan.salat at ecccorp.org. Again, that's stan.salat, S-A-L-O-T, at ecccorp.org. Now, back to People to People. Welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat, Jr. Our show today, Creating Standards for Our Safety. We'll explore how the United States is involved in the development of international standards and what that means to us as consumers and professionals in a vast array of industries. Standards are used to address two primary requirements, the functionality and safety of a product. Our, our guest today, my guest today, are the co-conveners of TC111, the Environmental Committee TC111. That's Linda Young and Robert Friedman. And my other guest is uh, from Goldberg Sagala, uh, Sean Settleman, uh, Special Counsel with Goldberg Sagala. And he's helping us understand how these standards are used to... Uh, to help protect, if you will, litigation or protect companies when they find themselves in difficult positions. Uh, welcome back, Linda, Rob, and Sean. Thank you. Thank you. Thank and let's see. Before we took the break, uh, we were talking about what it, why people decide to become conveners, and specifically, Linda and Rob are co-conveners. Of the TC one eleven, Rob kind of explained well why why and how he got involved. And Linda, if you would, uh, what what brought you to do it, other than Rob asking? Sure, um, I think part of it is I had been working with Rob and with the committee for many years before taking on the the leadership role. Uh, so I saw a lot of the very important activities that they were working on, and saw how, how they were you know, critical to our company and our products and being able to sell on a global market. But also, personally, um, I have a passion for, you know, making sure that um, we leave this world a better place for our children and helping the environment. And this was a way to kind of take my my personal convictions and and marry them with my job. And as Rob said, it's been a a great partnership. Um, It was an opportunity to, to step up and, and learn from somebody who'd been doing standards for a little bit longer than I had um, to help uh, mentor me in that area, but also to help share some of the, the workload as well. Um, when you are dealing with international standards, you do deal with multiple different time zones uh, across the globe. And so sometimes that does involve, you know, very early morning calls or very late evening calls and just having a, a good partner to be able to rely on has helped us to make sure that we can always have the, the U.S. Um, 
ideas and, and positions represented in these meetings. Okay, thank you. Um, I, I must admit that you know I'm involved in things of this nature as well, and particularly the show that you're listening to do to today and that we're part of today. And a lot of it is driven by that that word passion. Um, as I've shared on the show before, I my involvement came from uh, some very personal things with learning what environmental impacts do to uh, the human body. Uh, but and going forward with this, um, kind of interested. Maybe some of our audience would like to understand what what types of things get in in uh, addressed when you're dealing with environmental standards, uh, particularly the things that you're working on. What what are the types of things that you're addressing? Well, we're addressing a wide range of issues. And, and uh, that have some real impact to to the environment, to our to our kids, and to our companies, of course. Um, uh, one of the one of the areas uh, for me that I've had personal experience with is uh, in the material declaration standard that was published in March of 2012. Um, I convened the working group that prepared that and. Um, it was extremely gratifying. It's a critical issue to our company that we're able to get uh, to know what is contained in the products that we purchase that become parts in our systems, um, both from the perspective of understanding our regulatory requirements, but also as an input, a critical input to our environmentally conscious design process. And this is, uh, you know, if you don't know, if you can't inventory basically the issues that you have, then you don't know what's significant in your product. You can't do a starting point to a, things like life cycle assessments or other uh, types of things necessary to design products that have better EHS performance. So this is really critical and, and one of the areas that are extremely important to uh, one of the things that was extremely important to my company and for me personally, which is um, why I volunteered and ended up becoming convener for that. And there are, as there are many other areas, um, in the material declaration standard now we're working on a guidance document to be able to make it um, easier, uh, more understandable for users of the standard. So uh, that's that's really what we uh, what we would like. Um, there are, as you mentioned earlier, issues relating to greenhouse gas emissions that we are working on out of this um, out of the group. We are working on um, also. Uh, there's an environmentally conscious design standard that was issued um, that is that there's now a maintenance team for. Um, so do these. Do these standards set limits, or do they identify specific toxins or chemicals, or are they just a, uh, a language that tells you what you should do with whatever it is you're using? That's a great question, um, and I think it's not well understood. The material declaration standard makes absolutely no comment relative to whether to the hazard of a material. 
or whether it's a bad actor or not. Uh, we are simply okay. taking uh, we are simply taking what is regulated and what there are market needs for for information, and that is what becomes declarable. Okay. So we don't make any judgments as to whether or not something should be regulated or not. That's so not the, the role. The standard addresses what you do with it depending on what the regulation is. It's simply a mechanism to say what should be reported, how should it be reported, and to exchange the data. Okay. And, uh, Sean, if I could uh, jump over to you for a minute, how does that uh, support your activities in litigation? Sure. Well, thank you, Stan. What A lot of times what these standards do is they can be used to steal a term from the medical community as a standard of care, so to speak. And so when you work at a company and when you represent a company, that has done everything in its powers to comply with the different standards that would be applicable to its product, you are in the beneficial position of being able to say to whoever it is that you are trying to advocate your position to that this is a responsible company that follows all applicable standards. And in certain cases, if you have or you represent somebody that has gone gone above and beyond the standards that are published by different organizations, you know, you are in sort of the catbird seat when dealing with any type of issue that might arise. And so these standards are, are critical for everybody in an industry to understand it and certainly for everybody to do their very best to follow and to stay on top of it. And a lot of times these standards, you know, they set the bar and they sort of operate as the standard of care, as I said a moment ago. Okay. Linda, any any uh, additional comments? Yeah, I think that's one of the exciting things for me. And, you know, we talked about why did you become involved in it is when you're in the um, committees and you're actively involved, you're getting to help set what those standards are and hearing lots of different um, points of view from different uh, countries, different regions, different participants. And that helps you to build a better internal program because you're able to take some of the best-known methods from peers that are struggling with the same challenges that you are. So it's really a very good opportunity to to um, do some great benchmarking and to really help improve your company with their own internal programs as well. Oh, very good. One uh, one of the standards that you're working on is called the IEC 62474. It's a material declaration marketing campaign. Uh, perhaps, Linda, you could talk a little bit about that. Sure. And Rob mentioned this before. This is one of the, the big standards that we've been working on as part of this uh, Global Environmental Committee and one of the ways to think about this is as we look at um, the electronic industry in this case, we're trying to understand what are all the materials that make up those. And um, it's a fairly new area. There are lots of different regulations that are out there. 
And so we've been able to take them into this standard and um, create a, a template, if you will, for how to exchange this information up and down the supply chain. And part of the marketing campaign that we're on now is to help companies learn about this standard, how they can uh, employ it and use it and uh, share it with their, their customers so that the whole industry um, has a better information to be able to make uh, environmentally conscious products and to do some of the other things that, that Rob has mentioned. Okay. And that's a, a national marketing campaign or international? It's going to be an international marketing campaign. And the idea is this is the international standard. So we have already done a couple of workshops. We took advantage of some um, meetings that were already occurring a couple of years ago in Brazil and did a workshop down there for a lot of the manufacturers and, and local representatives. We did one last year in China, and we are hoping to do another one this November in Japan. That sounds like sounds like some great uh, great activity there. Curious question that that kind of pops up at this point: How many folks are involved in the International Technical Committee one 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 eleven? Do do we know what that number is? Um, I think when you look at that, we have um, we have more than thirty. I don't know the exact number. Maybe, Linda, you do. Uh, we have over 30 key member countries. That means those are have uh, uh, national committees that have full voting rights and maybe at least another dozen that uh, have observer status. And from these, the different, uh, different national committees nominate experts but also have delegates, observers, um, I think at an, at an average... Um, TC one 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 plenary, we can have um, we can have a hundred maybe more people attend a uh, TC one 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 plenary. So there's a there's a large number of folks when you start looking at this at an international level. We're talking about uh, easily hundreds. Yes. Yeah, it's. It's interesting to note that, you know, this type of work goes on. I'm not sure when we talk to our listening audience, which is very broad, but it's not always clear, I think, to folks that there's this degree of uh, interest and activity going on on an international level. And Stan, I think it's important to note that those are the international participants, but there's also... um, Rob and I co-chair the U.S. committee. So we may send only four or so delegates to the international meeting, but we have many more on that in our U.S. committee. And the same thing for the other national companies. So when you really talk about the participation for a committee like TC111 that focuses across environmental issues for an entire segment of the electronic industry, um, you can be talking thousands of people that are engaged so there's really many different opportunities and many different levels for people to get engaged, even if you can't participate internationally through travel restrictions or others. There are ways that you can participate on local levels as well. 
And okay. uh, to, Stan, if I may, uh, to add to what Linda has said, uh, one of the things that that Linda and I have um, um, have implemented within the U.S. TAG are interest groups for each of these areas, so that um, TAG members who are unable to, for whatever reason, to do a lot of traveling or don't feel quite as comfortable with being named an expert and participate in these interest groups as we develop our positions and to give guidance and support to our experts that we have in these different groups. Okay. Well, I'm going to pose a question, and when we come back from break, um, I'd like to start with Linda and get each of you uh, to respond to this question. And the question is, how does your experience in standards development uh, help you in your everyday life and the jobs that you do today? So what I'm really looking for is, well, this is an industry program, obviously. It addresses products both nationally and internationally. When we come back from our break, I'd like to understand, uh, help our audience understand what it is that you feel this work does to help you in uh, in your everyday, you know, how does it help you personally and then us in our everyday lives? We'll be right back. Uh, we're going to take a short break to identify radio station and our sponsors. Which guests are being featured this week? Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy? From new clothing, cars, toys, power cords, and charging units, to your garden hose and the drywall in your home. Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity, and diabetes, which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products. Yet Stan Salat Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now. Tell Stan that you want his help. Contact BQPM today. Visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll-free 877-415-0191. BQPM.com. Together, we are working for your safety. Secure Components is your international certified supplier of obsolete and hard-to-find products. Specializing in counterfeit mitigation, Secure Components is a qualified supplier for the Department of Defense, Aerospace, Military, and Avionics Industries. If you're a business in need of hard-to-find or obsolete components, please contact us by visiting our website, securecomponents.com, or call us at 484-222-5195. Again, 484-222-5195. 
Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is People to People, working for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to stan.salat at eccorp.org. Again, that's stan.salat, S-A-L-O-T, at eccorp.org. Now, back to People to People. Welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat, Jr. Our show today creating standards for our safety. We'll explore how the United States is involved in the development of international standards and what that means to us as consumers and professionals in a vast array of industries. Standards are used to address two primary requirements, the functionality and safety of a product. I have with me today three guests uh, Rob Friedman, Linda Young, and Sean Stadelman. And I want to get right back into this when we took, just before we took a break, we were, uh, I left the, a question on the table. How does your experience in standards development help you in your everyday life and the jobs you do today? And I'd like to uh, start with uh, Linda, if I could, and see what she has to say about that. Sure. Thank you, Stan. I think uh, first and foremost, from a uh, job-related perspective, being involved in the international standards has definitely helped. Um, I've had a global compliance uh, role where I need to make sure that our products can be sold in any geography. And looking at the the standards, um, they help make sure that all of the different uh, global regulations are are considered. And so when you design your products... um, you know that you can meet all of the different requirements. On a personal level, I've uh, enjoyed uh, meeting the various different people um, engaged in the activities. They bring a lot of different perspectives. Um, some cases they're, um, you know, similar, but in many cases they're they're different, and that challenges you to come up with um, new ways and new approaches and new perspectives on how to how to achieve. Uh, your end goal, which is protecting the environment and creating good environmentally conscious products. Okay. Well, thank you very much for that. And uh, Sean, if I could, uh, how, does, how does this, now your involvement is a little bit different than Linda and Rob's, but uh, how does this affect you and your business? Yeah, thanks, Dan. It is. But, you know, the way that it, it tends to affect me from a, from a professional level is that by getting to work with people like Linda and Rob, and I should say that I haven't had that opportunity yet, but others similar to them are in similar positions, it gives me really a, an opportunity to develop a very detailed and intricate understanding of, of what they're doing, why the standards are being created, and then the implication of those standards, that, that the, the implication that the standards have for companies as they go about um, marketing their products and ensuring that the products that they're creating and putting out there are not only safe from a product operation perspective, but also safe 
from a hazard-type communication perspective. Because in today's world, we deal with a lot of hazardous products or hazardous substances, but um, as the old toxicology saying goes, every, every substance is toxic, uh, but it depends on the level upon which you are getting that, that substance, which makes it toxic. And so with an understanding of what the standards are, it gives us the opportunity to better protect our clients and also to, when we need to advocate for them, to be in the position where we are uh, in the winning position. Okay. Um, that brings us to Rob. Thanks, Dan. Um, I think in terms of on the job, I would say um, it certainly helps me to have a better cultural understanding um, as I have a global role, and uh, that's very important. Uh, but also, specifically in the standards, it allows it allows us to not only uh, protect the environment, but to make things easier to get done. Uh, for, uh, for consumers, in ter- for example, in the material declaration standard, it makes it easier for our supply chain to make declarations, having fewer different sets of requirements and knowing how to get it done, having a mechanism to exchange the data. For industry, this, uh, the material declaration standard was a novel approach to be able to maintain currency by, instead of referencing some different list, maintaining a list, basically, of what to report and using a, an approach that allows for rapid maintenance of that database, which is apart from the standard itself because standard, standards development can take a long time. Right. Um, in my everyday life, um, it's it, it's wonderful to to understand that I you know I to know that I have friends globally across the world, and that what I do um, not only helps my company but protects the environment for our kids. Uh, you know, and that's that's per- probably the uh, the largest reason I got involved with what I'm doing today is that part of it, which is the effects that it has on our loved ones, our children, our friends, uh, general family. Uh, the more we hear about the errors made when people don't use the right chemicals or don't know what they're using, uh, these types of things are uh, necessary to say the least. Um, looking looking overall, looking at, at the whole subject, what advice would each of you give others that may want to get involved in the activities such as you are? Sure, this is Sean. I can go first. If, uh, okay. Fine. Great. I would say to everybody that, that is listening that if you have an opportunity to get involved in an organization or in a group like Linda and Rob have to do so because when you are a thought leader in this area, you will become one of the best advocates for your company. And quite candidly, folks like Linda and Rob and anybody else that is in their position would make my job or any lawyer's job that might be representing the company a lot easier. Okay. Having it written and, and understandable uh, does tend to help the legal aspects, I assume. Oh, of course. Yeah. 
Linda, how about how about from your point of view? Yeah, I think uh, one of the pieces of advice that I would give is, you know, jump in small if if you want to. There's there's always room for opportunities. You can participate in these types of activities at any level. Um, start maybe at the the national level if you uh, just want to see what it's all about, and then you can. Uh, you know, move into the international arena after a period of time when you feel more comfortable. But there's always opportunities to share. You'll learn a lot, and it'll be a personal and professional growth opportunity. Okay. And Rob? I'd like to echo what Linda said. Uh, there, We are always looking for more people, more involvement to help give us um, uh, better knowledge, better expertise, to, uh, to make sure our industry is uh, properly represented. And we welcome any kind of participation. For example, if anyone's interested in the U.S. tag, the TC111, they should contact NEMA, and uh, we are always welcoming of additional members. And NEMA is the National Electrical Manufacturers Association, as I recall? Yes, that's correct, and their secretariat or the U.S. tag, the TC-111. Okay. Well, very good. Um, I would also point out, uh, part of the radio show, we do have, I do have a website. It's www.standsalot.com. And any questions you might have or interest you might have, you can also uh, go to that website, and that will give you contact information for me which I will pass on to uh, Rob and Linda or Sean, as well as I can provide uh, contact information as suggested by Rob to uh, the National Electrical Manufacturers Association, or NEMA. Uh, we're coming up now towards the end of the show, and I thought I'd, uh, if, if uh, you want, to give each of you just a, another brief opportunity to uh, make any comments, and uh, once again, I appreciate you uh, taking bus- your time today uh, away from the normal job and uh, talking with us on the show. Uh, shall we start with uh, Linda? Yeah, just want to say thank you, Stan, for the opportunity to come and talk to you, and really want to encourage your listeners to get involved. Uh, no matter how big or small, all contributions are greatly appreciated. Well, thank you very much, Linda. Rob? And I'd also like to thank you very much for the opportunity and to say that we're always looking for uh, for additional comments, expertise, uh, that uh, one of the things that a management system and I get involved with is participation. We, we do not ourselves have all of the expertise, so please, if you're interested, um, you know, Talk to us about participating. Very good. And Sean, I let's see you and you and Rob are both out in the snow country or traveling or something. So um, again, I appreciate your time as well, Sean. And any last thoughts? Yes, Stan. Thank you very much for the opportunity, and and also Linda and Rob as well. I uh, you know from a professional perspective, I've commented a lot about how being a thought leader in industry standards and making sure that your company is ahead of the curve there is important. But from a personal level, I'm very appreciative of all the efforts that folks like Linda and Rob make 
to make a, sure that our world is a is a better place than we received it. Uh, as Linda said earlier in the program, I think that's critical. So thank you all. Well, thank you again. Uh, and again, I'd like to thank Linda, Rob, and Sean for taking time out of their busy schedules today to share with us their insights, uh, their experiences in the development of national and international standards, and uh, in Sean's case, the support that he provides his clients and others uh, related to legal matters as they do occur. Um, I want to remind everybody that the uh, we do this show for the purpose of bringing people together to share knowledge and create a safer environment for us all. You've heard me talk uh, over time now about the hazardous substances and the uh, counterfeit avoidance programs that we're involved in. This is just part of it. All of this is based on standards, whether they're national or international, and a combination of the two, as well as conformity assessment programs. I'd like to invite you to send us emails uh, with questions, if you have any, or comments. You can do that at my website, uh, www.standsalot.com. and at some point along the way, we may open up the uh, phones to actually take questions during the show. So I'd certainly like to get your feedback on that. If you'd like to uh, be participants on the show, let me know so we can do that as well. Our sponsors, Business and Quality Process Management, LLC. Uh, BQPM provides business process and quality management consulting training and software tools please take a minute to check out their website at www.bqpm.com secure components llc an international distributor uh, i'm sorry inter an independent distributor they're also international but uh, they are an independent distributor specializing in obsolete and hard to find components Secure Components is the first company in the world to achieve international certification for their counterfeit detection and mitigation process controls. Their IECQ CAP certification was achieved in accordance with the international standards developed by SAE, and that's the AS6081. I'd also like to rec- uh, recognize my regular guest. Uh, in this case, it's well, it's from Goldberg Zagala. Uh, today we had Sean Stadelman, uh, special counsel with Goldberg Zagala. You can find Goldberg Zagala at www.goldbergzagala.com. And last but not least, I'd like to recognize our supporting staff that makes this show possible. From Voice America, we have Brandy Jackson, General Manager, Robert Cellino, Executive Producer, Randy Jackman, Production Manager, Jeffrey Justel, Director of Host Services, Brooke Ida, Marketing and Social Media, and from uh, Cokes, uh, 
Koch Branding and People to People. We have Yulia Koch, at, um, and she's our production manager. This is Stan Salat, your host. We'll be signing off, uh, thanking the listeners for tuning in and remind you that you can make a difference in the fight against hazardous substance and counterfeit products by taking part in making sure that you learn and recognize how to identify or what's going on in these, uh, these industry uh, segments. Again, thank you very much. This is Stan Salat signing off for today and look forward to talking with you again next week. Thank you for listening. Please join host Stan Salat Jr. for next week's edition of People to People, Working for Your Safety. We'll have another show next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a safe, toxic, and counterfeit-free week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.